There were less people in Bethlehem at the time of Jesus than we abort in the U.S. in a four-day period. Less total humans in Bethlehem. Violence against children is a particularly shocking thing. And all of this is to give us some context for the beauty and the wonder of Jesus' birth that just a couple days after we celebrate this tender, beautiful, vulnerable moment with our God, we remember just how deep human darkness goes. What would compel someone like Herod to order the slaughter of all male children two years old and younger? Tragically, historically, this was moderately common in slave-owning countries. Uh, you know that it happened to the Jews a few times in Egypt, and it happened here in the United States when slavery was legal, that at some point you look over the population of slaves and you decide there's just too many males. They could cause trouble, and so you, they would order a slaughter of all the baby males a certain age and younger. We humans are capable of unbelievable darkness, and we are capable of justifying it. We just saw this in our last election, didn't we? When we were asked to vote on the issue of abortion, every argument or discussion I had about it had nothing to do with abortion. It had to do with uh, poverty or how bad the Catholic Church is, all of these things everything to avoid the only questions that matter. Are we talking about a human? If not, what is it? When does it become a human? Who makes that call? I couldn't get that discussion with anyone. I could get a lot of discussions on everything around it, but we avoid the key issue, don't we? The only one that matters. When we talk about a child in the womb, is it a human? If not, what is it? When does it become one? Who decides that? Our darkness is a problem. And our love for our darkness is a problem. And if we keep our focus on that, my God, we will all fold like lilies, won't we? But in this season, we recognize that the depths of our evil is nothing compared to the depths of God's love how far our God will go to look at a human race that despises and holds innocence and vulnerability and contempt and says, fine, then I'll become innocent. I'll become vulnerable. I don't have that much love. I pray to, and that's why I worship God. I will never be able to love like that hopefully in the kingdom of heaven. But until that day, I invite us all to do a few things. To be conscious of those sins in our life that we justify. Those sins in our life, those areas of darkness that we call our friend. That cute, I, I think I've used this image before, that, that cute puppy on the porch. The one that keeps coming and asking for food. And so we feed it and it don't leave. And it don't stay a puppy either. We want to look and ask Jesus to walk with us into the darkness that we are capable of in the ways that we call it something other than darkness. And he wants to love us there.
and heal us there. And he wants to do it through vulnerability and innocence, not might and power. That's our way of doing things. How's that working out? Today we recognize there was a terrible, terrible price to be paid for us to get saved, and God was quite willing to pay it. You're loved that much. So, again, I ask us for a few things. One, to pray that when we're ready, not before, Jesus show us those areas of darkness in our life that we call good or that we ignore. And that he heal them with his love. Second, we pray for a recognition of just how deep that love for us goes. That in our worst, he came to our rescue. And he did it out of love. And if we can't worship that love, if we aren't excited to worship that love, then we are lost indeed. So let's celebrate that kind of love. It's going to become, once again, tiny and vulnerable, a piece of breakable bread. That's how much we're loved. May that heal the wounds in us that cause us darkness.